Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Soap from the Box, the behind-the-scenes TV podcast where I speak to some of the biggest stars from the biggest television shows, plus, of course, Pop from the Box, where I speak to some of the world's biggest music stars. And coming later this week, Sophie Ellis-Bexter joins me, sequins and all, for a brand new chat. That's out on Friday. But for now, I'm going to let you listen to this. One of EastEnders' biggest stars, one of social media's biggest stars. Enjoy. My guest today is an English actress, TV presenter and social media megastar. She is best known to millions of us soap fans as playing Lauren Branning for eight years in EastEnders and is a certified winner baby, being crowned Queen of the Jungle in 2019, winning Masked Singer Live in 2022 and the National Television Award for Best Newcomer in 2012. She was one of my highlights of directing at EastEnders. You always knew a day with her, Lorna, Jake and Joe would be a dream. It's a pleasure to welcome Jacqueline Josser, Jacqueline Osborne to the show. Hello. That was the nicest intro I've ever had in my life. Was it? Thank you so much. Yes. That well, that's so what it's all. It's well deserved and it's all true. I mean, we have, first of all, I just have to say it, What? and I'm not making it up. It was always a dream. You, Lorna, Jake, it was such a lovely little group, wasn't it? Your family. It really was. It was such I always say I just feel like I was so lucky to sort of slot into that family dynamic and it couldn't have gone better and having like Joe and Jake as your on-screen parents was just like unbelievable it was electric when we were all together it was I mean I we're going to go back to the beginning soon but I mean I was actually I was I mean I joined and did the Queen Vic Fire first, which was nerve-wracking enough. So I didn't work with them as close. But then I remember my first day on set with Jake because they, they were, I mean, you're all brilliant actors. Jake and Joe would take it. You know, there was some, some we won't name names, some people you'd just walk on and do scenes with. They were quite intense and really enjoyed talking about the scene and working out, which I love as a director. So it, it must have been quite intense for you going in because it's suddenly you're with these powerhouses. I think I sort of loved to do drama on a Saturday and Sunday for fun and then I was sort of thrown into working with the big guys and they really were like like you said really like analyzing and really like knowing how to do their stuff and I learned how to learn lines how to go through a scene like put my status it all from them like all everything I learned it really wasn't in like a drive bus it was on set 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, it's the biggest learning ground, they say. So let's go. We're going to go back to the beginning soon, but let's go to what's just happened, which obviously there's been an extended edition for God rest us old, June Brown, who played Dot Cotton, uh, her funeral, Dot's Cotton, uh, Dot's funeral after the real life death, of course, of June Brown. Um, you along with, I mean, the guest list was huge. Lord Michael Cashman, who played Colin, Gary Hales, who played Barry, Tom Watt, who played, I should say, who plays Lofty, Linda Davison, Mary, Mary and Lofty. How cool. And Jan Graveson, Deezer, Dizer, don't remember her. So sorry if I'm pronouncing the wrong. But I mean, it obviously was probably not even a question when you got asked to go back for that. You know what? I was so hoping they would ask. Like, I was just like, come on, like, she's grandma, Dr. Lauren. I'd love to go back. Um, And as soon as they asked, I was like, yep, yep. Yeah, my agent was like, well, should we talk about fees? This I, like, I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. Yes, we're doing it. Like, 100% and what, there was what, no other option. What was it like? I, I mean, because I haven't been back for years. I'm guessing it might have been a bit like going back from the beginning. Because obviously, cast, cast change. Uh, the whole place has changed since you've been back. Was it weird going back? Yeah, I was really scared I was so so scared and I felt like how I felt when I was 17 going into it you know like I was really like the new go again yeah I really was as well there was pretty much a whole new cast like there's loads and loads of new people but you know what they were so lovely and I realized I was like I was quite old and a lot of the young ones were because I remember being a young one and I was in the young <laughs> yeah. and then when I went back I was like oh this is interesting where do I fit in because <laughs> the young ones are like 17 and tiny and just doing all TikToks and cool stuff so and you're I'm like the nana of the group now place. I know yeah exactly. it's weird but isn't it and, so lovely. and the square's totally changed obviously there's a new square as well like it's I've not been back since it's changed it's massive now isn't it so it's so confusing because it's in a different spot it's a different entrance isn't it the 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 old entrance we used to go in isn't an entrance anymore is it it's near the bar now right oh wow it's all built up around near the bar yeah um but it it looks exactly the same so it it is a bit confusing to be honest yeah i i mean i love I mean, I don't love, I I mean, anyone who lives in Bournemouth, sorry, but it's the weirdest place in the world. And I used to, I mean, I've not been back since I left EastEnders, because the weirdest thing about EastEnders to me was you would go to Bournemouth, whether by train or by car, and it was just like this really quiet little town, but then it, the part of East London was supposed to be in the middle of it. It was so mad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, do you know what, though? Bournemouth's got the best high street ever it's got everything you could ever want or dream of down that high street i loved it do you I think moved... so i didn't really I'm... think there was much down it are you joking it has absolutely everything you could possibly need <laughs> <laughs> i remember i spent more on an ibis staying in an ibis for a two-week block of eastenders than it cost me to go to the um uh where did we go uh like some caribbean island i was like oh my god it wasn't great for nightlife. Like, there wasn't any bars and stuff. That's what I missed oh, on there. no, no, no. No nightlife whatsoever. I'm just talking about, like, your, your takeaway food options and stuff Oh, yeah. Like oh, right, yeah. Takeaway food <laughs> options. Nando's all the way. Did you ever have a, did you ever have a Nando's black card? Were you one of the lucky ones? Um, no, I got a um, Toby Carvery black card now, though. <laughs> oh, my God, amazing. Dreams, the dreams and aspirations. So anyway, back exactly. to Doc's funeral. I mean, what was it like to film? Obviously, June Brown is a legend, and we'll always remember her for Doc Cotton. I find it a shame that she didn't play out the character, I suppose, in a way. I would have liked to have seen her 
in one final big thing. But I know. remember June saying that she never wanted to be killed off on screen. Yes, I, I, I do remember that. Actually, of yeah. What kept her going for so long? Being, being Dot Cotton Dot, and uh, yeah, learning the lines and just staying. I mean, she always had her like brains and wits about her. She was like, it never sort of deteriorated when you're on set you know like because obviously when you sometimes when you're working with older people it is it does take slightly longer or you know the only thing you had to do with with june was talk a little bit louder but everything else i mean she'd tell you how to say your lines and she'd oh always be yeah right, you know? oh god yeah and it did take longer only because you used to, i mean she used to come on she's reminding me of kenneth williams and she's be smoking and tell you kind of all the dramas that were happening you'd be like oh my god we really need to line run i'm gonna fall so far behind but then you, were you like, could not interrupt her can you <laughs> no and i was like but i just want to listen to june because she was so amazing um and she did i mean she's one of the people i learned a lot of directing because i'd never seen an actor pay and i always say this because i think Nowadays in television, people think actors are being difficult if they want to talk about their wardrobe or whatever. And actually, I go, no, no, no. Like, June cared so much about that coat. She knew which tea set to use for which person yes. coming around. Like, it was incredible the level of detail she gave to that character. A hundred percent. That is so true. And I think she didn't want to be killed off on screen because I think I remember her saying something like, it will kill her off, you know. And um, what was it like filming the funeral? I mean, seeing all those, but you probably don't, you weren't in it with a lot of those people that used to be there, but there must have been quite quite an atmosphere filming it. It was, yeah. And, and we all shared, so obviously, you know what it's like. You spend a lot of time actually offset and, and sit, sipping t- tea, yeah, tea in the and, cold. In your cover, in your cover coats. But, um, and it was really quite amazing. I, like just listening to all the stories. June's family came by, um, her oh. children who are actually in the block they're like in the funeral oh wow down. and we're all just sharing these amazing memories and stories about her and it was really quite um you felt like she was there in a weird way and you felt close to her and it was the send-off that I think we all needed we needed to pay our respects to not only Dot but to June to June and yeah it was funny like because obviously you know what June was like all the hilarious stories that would you'd never be able to tell um just she's yeah. brilliant like there's so much more to june than you could possibly oh imagine. no she's i mean just... i remember her, i always remember her and barbara windsor would always have a roast dinner in the canteen and if you sat with them i mean you'd be there for hours and it was just the best time ever and if she came to like drinks or a party she used to be so glammed up oh my gosh i know she's what? just the best oh she and is it was it was really special and and i tell you what nat, nat cassidy did an incredible job. Um, like, I always say this, but I think she's so underrated. I think she's so fantastic. She is. She is. Oh, she's actress. amazing. And she's kind of become, I suppose, the mate, one of the matriarchs now because a lot of the older matriarchs are gone. If you think, yeah. of, if you think of East she's a huge part of it. Um, and she's just done a fantastic performance that had us all in absolute bits. Oh, it amazing. was so real. It was so. Oh, good. I'm so excited for everybody to see it and see the response because it was beautiful. It will go down in history as one of those episodes. Let's go back to the beginning, though, when you joined. So you joined EastEnders in 2010. Can't believe it's that far over. And you had a hard job because you were one of the ones, one of the actors in Soaps that took over from another actress playing the role of Lauren, uh, Madeline Duggan. Did that, I mean, that, that, I suppose what you, ha- I mean, it's only like theatre. It's nothing, you know, like people replace people. But I suppose... 
there's a pressure because obviously that family's been going and then you're entering that family. So like we Uh talked about the nerves, you must have thought that through as you're joining. It was really difficult, really difficult for me because I was a massive fan of EastEnders. So I watched EastEnders, knew the family. Oh, did you? Oh, God, that's so, yes, God, that you'd be so nervous. And, you know, I absolutely loved Lauren. And when I was younger and I used to go out to like parties or anything like that people would say oh you look like Lauren Brannan and I, <laughs> it, it was you know so weird and then when I was auditioning I wasn't told I was auditioning for a recast I was just told I was auditioning for a character on EastEnders and um the name was called something completely different like Libby or something like that and it was only when I got the job they were like okay so you're gonna be the new actually, Lauren um, recasting yeah, because obviously they have to keep the quiet, the recast quiet and everything like that. And I was like, what do you mean? There's already a Lauren. Like, I couldn't understand it because I was watching it. I literally <laughs> yeah. watched it. So I was like, wait, but she's gone to America. And they were like, yeah, and she's going to come back as you. And I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> but which I was which in real life anger. probably does happen. People do probably go to America and do come back looking completely different. Yeah, but my first line and the whole thing was, Cool, you've changed to my dad, <laughs> which I thought was absolutely hilarious. That is um, brilliant. And do you remember your first day? They... On, do you remember your first day on set? I mean, it must, like we said, it was not. That that was that your was that your first scene, or did you get thrown into some like pub scene first? Because obviously, we know they film it all out it, of order. It wasn't my first scene. My first scene, we were sitting eating pancakes, cold, freezing cold pancakes, <laughs> um, with Charlie Hawkins. I remember that because oh, he was my I mentor. Oh, I love Charlie Hawkins. Yeah, I love those guys. With, um, with Zoe him. as well. Yes. So yeah. he was literally like, with all my heart, I just absolutely loved him. Um, but he was my mentor, which is good. They'd like buddy you up with someone when you're younger. So um, I kind of, he sort of took me under his wing and it was great and I got to meet everyone and it was just a simple scene eating pancakes for breakfast because, yeah, we were just sort of sitting there talking and I think I had one or two lines and then the next day I was being pulled around the square by Carol Jackson by my hair. Oh, wow. Lindsay as well, that, who's a force to be yeah, Lindsay. a actress. Yeah. And that was my second day and she was screaming and pulling, oh my God. pulling me. From the from where she lived all the way to so through the whole square from the Jacksons all the wow. way to where we were living the Brannies number five and he, she had to pull me the whole way through and I literally was like <laughs> this is not what I expected <laughs> this like, is not what I expected I just did like a drama you know Saturday and Sunday for fun I didn't it, it was think so it was going to be to this yeah it was just so and it was so quick the whole thing happened so quickly for me. And uh, well, that's what happened. I mean, I, I've been involved in casting characters and it's quite a slow thing until you cast them. And suddenly they're in next week. You go through costume, you go through everything and then suddenly you're in. And normally if you're a new character, you're in loads at the beginning anyway. And you uh-huh. come back and then it's just it's just nonstop. I mean, I and I was a fan of EastEnders. Yeah, probably I wasn't watching it as much when I joined. But it's so weird, isn't it? When you walk out onto that square, I'll never forget how little the square was. I'll never forget just walking through doors and being like, oh my God, there's like enough, not nothing. There's not even a building here. I mean, it's incredible, (laughs) isn't it? When you, and like the bricks at the time were like plastic. I was like, how is this even still standing? It was the best day of my life when I went and saw the Vic for the first time. Yeah. And and I went and saw, Jake would took me around and I literally, number one, I was so buzzing to meet him. I was a huge fan of EastEnders in general, and I loved the Brannins. Um, I loved Bradley, like 
honestly, like I had a little crush from Bradley for, for <laughs> my whole like childhood. Um, unfortunately, he had died by the time I'd got there. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I had the same with Lacey Turner, and I was I was actually so nervous. My first scenes were Lacey Turner, and I could not believe how nervous she was still playing that role and not not really thinking she was good. It's just weird, isn't it, when you watch something and then you're like, now I, here I, was, I am and I'm here doing it. I was her biggest, biggest fan. Like, I still am. I bloody love her. But, I, you know, I think any actress like that wants to be an actress and like EastEnders would have been my ideal job. I'm from, like, southeast London. It just, I, knew, yeah. I honestly thought in my head, that is the freaking job for me like and you've got it uh, which is incredible it is um, incredible that I am Eastend, like through and through like I just thought that that this is just a bit of me like I don't have to change my voice this is I would sit there so well like I had it in my head and so Lacey was a massive like role model for me because I just thought she's so good it's so real she's so natural she and then like, suddenly you're in scenes with her I was working with her plotting out who killed Archie and then finding it all out and Lauren was the one that found it out and recorded her and all of this and I had huge parts in all of it and I was like I remember when Archie died and I, and I was watching it on telly thinking who killed him who killed yeah, you know what I mean so, oh, that and is then so amazing. all of a sudden I'm in the plot you know it was crazy and you're I mean the plots there would take I mean we'd need 10 podcasts to go through all what Lauren did as with many characters um some I mean huge storylines include running over your dad supporting mum through uh, cancer obviously you were a huge part of the who killed Alfie you were a huge part of the Lucy um the next who done it storyline as well um you yeah. were, you gave birth to Peter son Peter obviously played by Ben Hardy who's now a huge Hollywood actor it's great actually mm-hmm. isn't it seeing people when they go off and take like there's not it doesn't often happen it's great to see Ben doing so well isn't it it's so lovely and you know what loads of people have I've really taken off like Tilly Keeper yes. has left and she's new in, on Netflix. You've got so many people just really just breaking that mould. And, you know, like I remember it being a thing of like typecast and you'll never work again and all of this. And I just love that. It's not like that anymore. Gone, it does seem to be changing. Not. Yeah. I love it. Does it. Seem to be but what was your, I mean, highlight storylines there? I mean, you went through it. You also had, Lauren had her fair share of the best looking guys to come into the square as well. You were quite lucky that way. <laughs> Didn't she? she done very very well I literally used to make a joke and like, I probably snogged all of the men that weren't related to her in yeah. fact she did snog her cousin a fair, fair few <laughs> so yeah so that's year. rubbish yeah but any new guy, no any one... <laughs> new good looking guy that came in you knew Lauren would be making a beeline for <laughs> I know even <laughs> in my return she makes a beeline honestly even now she's not changed it I read it and was like iconic I love the fact that she's still not changed she makes a little b I won't spoil it but she makes a little beeline for for someone you'd probably consider good looking on the square and it's just really funny <laughs> oh, I, know exact, I know exactly who you're to her character. Well. <laughs> yeah and I just enjoyed it and thought that's just brilliant I love that she's done that she's still um, the same what but what stands exactly. out I mean obviously all the stuff with the family uh, obviously stands out I think the, family unit the alcoholic storyline oh, the alcoholic storyline which was massive and really important as some because that's was a really one of those really important storylines someone of that age you know seeing it truthfully like soaps do yeah definitely I thought that was a big one and I think it always stands out and people when they speak to me often bring that up so I do feel like that that one was a big one for me but also just any I loved working with Lorna I felt like anything that we kind of had that we could like I don't know that sister relationship whether it was we were close or we were literally screaming in each other's faces I just absolutely loved 
anything to do with that kind of family dynamic. And then obviously when you add Jake to the mix, I loved falling off the roof of the Vic. I loved filming all of that. <laughs> that was good fun. I mean, we going don't back, Going back to the alcohol story, I know. Did you get quite a big, I mean, normally these stories, get. did you get a huge response from people watching? Yeah, a huge, huge response. Just mainly I didn't really have social media then. So it was mainly like as I was walking down the street, people would come up to me and be like, um, my daughter's suffering um, and wow. we're watching this and we've finally been able to talk about it and anything like that. It just makes you go, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's, actually, it's, like, it's a really important part of doing that job. It's, it proved to me why soap is so important, actually, because it's something in people's lives every day and they really connect to the characters. So if something happens to one of their characters, it's almost like they really take it on board. So, so true. And also, I think it, I think often when you, because people cared about Lauren and they saw her in a, that family dynamic and they watched her grow up, that when something like that happened to her, they they saw both sides of it. So they saw like, why and the reasons for it and everything like that and the build up to it rather than oh she's just a ratty teenager alcoholic that loves to get pissed there was so much more to it yeah which I think in a soap you can drag out and you can really like actually see the person and I properly cared about her so much I still do like honestly if anyone starts slating her I'm like that's yeah, it's one of the it's one of the hardest things to play though. I know this playing drunk. I mean, it's you know when one of those things that we never. Well, thank God, no one really takes videos of me when I'm when I'm drunk. Uh, I can swear then when I'm drunk, and uh, you don't really know. Was it, how did you how did you go about playing it? Because it is hard to to play drunk, isn't it? Totally, and I probably had to play drunk before I'd properly been drunk. Much like I had to, you know, snog and film like what yeah, would lead yeah. into like, well, a yeah, play a lot before of I'd even. <laughs> Yeah, done that in real life i sort of had to do it all firsthand through lauren which was interesting yeah so um and it also meant i couldn't really because my character was an alcoholic it meant that when i was out i had to be really careful because i couldn't go get really recklessly drunk because because people would be watching you know yeah you had a responsibility then as well i suppose taking on that yeah definitely so it kind of helped me, I suppose. I think because everyone goes through that weird stage where you just go out every weekend getting absolutely plastered Thursday to Sunday um, when you're that age. But because I was always working and filming that storyline specifically, talking to a charity about it, I just felt like I couldn't really do that. Yeah. And you said about your the end, obviously, falling off, falling from the Vic, uh, you and Abby die. Now, it, it was all over the press that you were axed. Uh, did you, d- d- was it the call that you were dreading? I mean, or had you thought about moving on? So, um, I, it's really funny because I think, obviously, when you're there for eight years, everybody knows that there's, there were points I probably should have left and then stayed and then should yeah, have left. Yeah, because then... you kind of had breaks, didn't you? Because you left to have... Um, uh, you left I did have... have I had a kids. couple of breaks. Lauren went off to rehab and I thought, should should this be? And then all of a sudden I'm back. And, and then I had a baby and I thought, should this be it? Like, should I take the plunge? And then I was like, no, no, no. I want to go back. Um, and I was actually pregnant with with me when it was time to go and I saw it as like a like a sign of like come on yeah so I would have had to leave anyway and it meant that I got to do a huge storyline and I love all the you know falling enough of the things and pushing yourself and it was such a I, I love being on Christmas day it's just iconic like it's just amazing but 
there, it was scary and I felt like I had to be pushed in order to do it. I never would have left on my own no, back. No, uh, yeah, so many people say that because it's such a security blanket. It's such a security it's blanket, huge, isn't it? And also, like, at the end of the day, was was literally my dream job. Like, I didn't, you know, like, everyone sort of aims for the Yeah, the stars. this was it for like, you. This was it. This that was like the stars for me. Like, honestly, I used to write about it in year six. My leavers looking <laughs> year six. That. What do you want to be when you're older? And I said, I want to be in EastEnders because I just saw myself in EastEnders. I knew that I would squeeze and fit and right it's lovely, in. You know? it's lovely it fulfilled it for you as well. Do you know what I mean? Because lots of people dream of things and then actually, you know, like you go, I dream of meeting, whatever, and it doesn't live up to, but it is a great place to be. Do you know what I mean? And what a way, it like you said. to everything and more. I didn't even realise you got paid at first. Honestly, I didn't. <laughs> that, no, no, I didn't know. I didn't realise you got paid. That was a bonus. I was like, wait, hold on, hold on. I get to do my dream job every day and I don't have to go to college and then I get paid are you joking are you joking what about though the fame that comes with it because I mean back in the day that you would have joined it was still probably Mm -hmm. it was still at its highest you know um, yeah it was getting 10 million stuff but did you I mean did you find it a sudden it is a sudden catapult to fame at that age and obviously it's quite a tricky age when you're like you said you're changing yourself you're growing up so suddenly to be have the world watching at the same time must be I can't imagine it. Do you know what I mean? I mean, just me going to work on those big shows, your life suddenly changes with what you can say and what you can't say and whatever. But for you, you're yeah. there on the forefront. What was it like? I just don't think you can I thought, oh, what will my friends think? And and I thought I was I was excited for everyone that I ever fancied before when I was younger to find out that I was going to be these genders. <laughs> like that's all I thought about. Like ha ha ha, you know, look at me now, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and all the yeah. people at school that have been horrible, that were a bit, yeah. you know, all of that. I just thought ha ha ha, like I've finally done it, sort of thing. But I didn't ever cross my mind that people would recognise me or that I'd be famous. Like that never crossed my mind. Just like I didn't realise you got paid. Like that part didn't come in until a fair bit later. And then it was madness. And I remember thinking, this is crazy. And obviously at first, I bloody loved it. I was like, I'm so famous. I'm literally just <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Is... And it's great you admit that because I think we would all love that at first. I mean, it'd be like, oh, I can't leave the house without being spotted. But then I suppose it gets slightly annoying. It's when real life comes into it and... Like my dad went to prison and then I was printed everywhere. And I thought, oh, this is, this isn't the fun side of it. Like I don't mind being pictured at an award ceremony. That's great. Like that this is all fun. And, but, but then the other side of it is everyone knowing that kind of your private life that you didn't sign up for just because I got this role when I was a kid didn't mean that I signed up for the rest that come with it. Um, but actually it does, you know? Yeah. No, it's part and parcel. And it's something like you said, you can't ever, you can't ever train people for because you can't ever, I can't experience, I can imagine what it's like, but I can't imagine what it's like because you're, we're not in that position and you almost need to get in that position to see whether it's something you can cope with, which is such a weird thing. I mean, you've got no choice to decide really. It doesn't happen to every, like every soap star isn't like thrown into the press and doesn't excel to that sort of, it doesn't happen to absolutely everyone. So there is ways of being able to like do the job you love and still like have a really private normal life and stuff like that so it's it's just you kind of don't know until you're in it that it's going to happen and to be honest I can take it and it's never been I like to have my fun with the press and the side yeah, that yeah, side of it yeah. I, I don't, I, especially as I've I've grown up and 
and like learn an how to navigate it. Yeah. And I think exactly. all praise be to the people of Boring Wood, because I just remember by the time I left EastEnders, the canteen, don't know whether it's probably got better. So I might, but it was terrible. And uh, we would all basically go to M&S at lunch in the park or many other shops. Uh, and literally you would see both, most of the cast of EastEnders walking around and half the cast of Holby City. Uh, it was quite weird, I'm wasn't sick. it? I know I'm really better than Ireland, did they? <laughs> no, no. Boreham were just used to it. And I used to think, God, yeah. all these all these fans, because you would get a few fans waiting outside the gates, but you used to think, actually, if you want to see famous people, just come to Boreham Wood at lunch and sit outside Marks and Spencer's. <laughs> you would literally get the whole cast of EastEnders. You also did a spin-off series, which I have to admit, I never watched. I didn't realise this existed. Lauren's Diaries 2000, in 2011. It was sort of like it wasn't. A, it wasn't on telly. That's a bit dramatic. That is. It was just like an online sort bit of dramatic. thing. On the, on the but quite forward thinking then, an online thing because they're huge it was, now. It was, and it was on the website. And actually, I think we, it helped me. Definitely grew my confidence, but. Uh, so Lauren was doing these sort of like YouTube diary entries. Wow! Um, so it was like really, you were like Lauren was like the driving force of YouTube. Right. So then I. I was like this is crazy but then I guess helped like I don't know socially then I, when I got Instagram I, I gained loads of followers quickly and I don't know whether that maybe was something to do with it I don't I really don't know because again it didn't happen for everyone some people got Instagram and they were just had it with their friends and that and for me I was like whoa it just blew up and I didn't know why really I literally yeah, had no I don't idea think, I, don't, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason I remember what was that other and you weren't even allowed to use it like when you're on no you weren't allowed it on EastEnders at that time no what was the other spin-off series they did as well um was it for BBC E20 E20 and I remember thinking at the time and this is how life has changed I remember thinking oh I wouldn't want to work on that it's not like on BBC One and how life has changed now that literally everyone is watching content that's not on the main channels totally yeah isn't that it? was like the fat boy and all of that. That was brilliant. Yeah, I loved that. And obviously now, like, we'll move on to you in a minute. Um, but um, nowadays, I mean, ratings have gone down of all the soaps. I did some talks at uh, some schools recently and the kids didn't even know what these soaps were. And I was kind of like, oh, what no is the future? way. Yeah. 18 year olds no. didn't know what EastEnders, Emmerdale and Coronation Street were. <laughs> um, and I was quite shocked. And you go, I wonder if there's a future. I hope there's a future, don't you, for soap? But it isn't like, because you just think people don't tune in at 7.30 every night now. Lippy, kids, the new generation's coming through, watch five-minute films on YouTube and stuff. It might change, yeah, might it, which world. is quite it's scary. Totally, it's terrifying. And it is a totally different world. I think we watch and consume things totally differently now. I think if, if soaps were to move on to something like Netflix, then... You would watch it every single night and you'd get millions and millions and millions of viewers because how how often do we scroll through Netflix and go, oh, there's nothing to watch. Oh, there's nothing to we watch. Yeah, I know, even though there's so much to watch. Sky on and put BBC One on. We still won't bother doing that when we could have just sat and watched half I an think, hour I think, half an hour of Corrie. I think that it should be streamable. That's the thing. People don't, people's viewing things now don't, or people's lives don't allow them to go home every night and watch it at that time of the night. Definitely. And I think you would just stick it on 100%. If it's easy and it's there, you just stick it on and then you'd get into the storyline. I don't think that, because people always say, do you think it's still going to be here in 10 years? And I'm like, I, I do think it is because I think there's always a place for it. You know, like, I think. Will Laura, will I, you ever go back, do you think, after making another appearance? I mean, you probably wouldn't say, but could Lauren become the new, like, Pat Butcher of the Square in years to come? 
100%. I would 100% go back. I, I, the the thing for me is the, there's certain rules at BBC slash I think maybe all of them. I don't I don't know because I've never worked on Corey or anything like that. That with things that I'm doing now, you can't do both. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But even in a in a world that existed where that where wasn't you could, true, or that yeah. My my jobs and things that I was doing was different. Then I would if, I, if there was a world that existed that I could just do everything, I would one hundred percent put the leather jacket back on and the boots and get going because it was the best job in the world and got enough not a bad way is, to and say it's that. still your dream job and i would say like all those things probably will change as as the bbc and lots of other institutions catch up with the fact that they need to catch up and their cast are going to do a lot more than just one thing now exactly yeah and, and i think obviously eastenders bbc they're doing what they can and i think it will it will happen and i don't i don't think it's worth it. Come on, BBC, to get Lauren back, yeah. we need to change the rules. <laughs> I don't think it's the end for the soaps. I, I mean, I hope not. I care. hope not. And after everything, like I, I won the jungle and things like that. I still, I get Lauren the most out of everything. Lauren. I just hope you know why I, I worry. My main worry is the matriarchs and the patriarchs because. People like June Brown and Pansom Clemens have stayed in the soap for like 20 plus years and younger actors just don't want to stay anywhere for that long. So I just worry that which characters are going to be those Pat Butchers and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. But I think you've got the Phil Mitchells, Natalie Cassidy, Sonia Jackson. Yeah, you've still got Sharon, you've got Kat. You've got quite a lot in EastEnders, actually. And they always come home because... Ultimately, like even when I went back and I, and it, the filming took about two weeks, and I literally I was so nervous to go back, and I felt a little bit like, are people gonna? Because I've done so much elsewhere, like social media, and are they and gonna look know, like, down you a bit? Yeah, yeah, I was a bit like, I get that. Yeah, I haven't really been in the acting realm. Are that people are gonna think like, are they gonna be like, oh, here we go, you know, sort of thing, and and, it, and then. Of course, you bit, didn't have that. Yeah, like of course I didn't, and I can't believe I ever thought that that would was going to be a thing. I think you just fear the worst. But yeah, we all do. That's was, just natural. That's just natural. And it was totally the opposite. And I literally was like, I could stay here forever. I love it. This is the best job in the world. And I really realised that, like, that's where my happiest and my passion and like enjoyment comes from. That that side of things, you know. Okay, so we'll leave EastEnders behind and we'll get to the real you for a little bit. So born in 1992 in Bexley, like you said, you went to the D&B Theatre School in Bromley, followed by the Royal Academy of Music in London. So we've kind of said what your dream job was, but what what was was the dream to act or did you never think that might be your actual job? Um, I didn't go to the Royal Academy of whatever that was. Uh, oh, didn't you? <laughs> Have I just made that up? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> No, I, I. You know what? I've read that on Wikipedia a few times. I don't know where, the, where that came from, but oh, that's, we'll that's keep not it, in. it sounds great. Um, I'll take it. It does sound really <laughs> yeah, arty. Yeah. Really, yeah, yeah, love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, great it year. Brilliant. My time at the Royal Academy was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did all, always. Well, I say always. When I was younger, I don't think I really knew. When I was sort of year six, I remember doing a year six play, and like just got the main part. And I remember thinking, that was fun. Like, I loved that. And I wasn't really academically great at anything. And then I was, I just felt like I was good at something. And I remember thinking, 
oh, that's what it feels like to be picked for something and be good. Like, that was good. I really enjoyed that. Um, and I was never picked for, like, reading in assembly because I'm, I'm not a strong reader. And my work was never picked to go be sent into anything because I just wasn't the strongest writer and that kind of thing. So when I got that feeling of, oh, you're good at that, I was like, mm, I like that. So then just yeah. from, like, secondary school, just really, like, threw myself in and then – Every, anytime I was ever asked, you know, you do careers and they're like, so what do you want to be? And I'd be like, I want to be an actress. And they're like, mm-hmm. so what's your like real option? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's, what do you actually want to do? Sure. Yeah. Which I, I, I toy with the idea that maybe it's important to have backup plans. I, I do think it is important. But for me, I never had one. Like there wasn't a backup plan for me. And I, and I don't think it was because I just was like, no, 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 I need to just throw myself in. I think there genuinely was than anything else that I was great at. I think as well when you're so young, like, I think if you really want to do it, you have to in a way commit to it because like I wanted to act when I was younger and decided that I'd go behind the scenes because I didn't think I just quite had the drive. But I do think you probably have to have that drive to go full pelt to want to get it because it's hard. And it was the first time, like, I remember my mum used to put me into all different types of classes, like a ballet class and gymnastics and everything else. She, like, would try and get me to do something. And I'd last two months and be like, hate it. I just don't want to do it anymore. Hate it. I hate the people. They're all, no, no, no. <laughs> and it was the first time that it was my idea. Mum, can I go to this thing? It's called Jigsaw. It's on a Sunday. Can I go? And then it was, oh, I've heard of, um, what's it? what was it called? What was the one in London? Uh, Sylvia Young. Sylvia Young. Someone said about Sylvia Young, I want to go there on a Saturday. So I went there for a bit. Ah, oh, that's and where it you was went. My, oh, brilliant. It was my idea. Like, pu- I pushed forward from my idea. And my parents were like, oh, let's run with this because she's coming up with this. And keen, they'd never yeah. found what I was keen on. And, and then because it came from me, they really stuck to it. And I just never looked back. I was just like, this is the only thing that sort of, like, feels right. I can't. Do and is it from else? Sylvia Young then that you got to hear of the EastEnders audition? How did the EastEnders audition come it up? It was from D&B, so the theatre. Oh, right, okay. School. I was on their sort of like kids agency and we did sort of a workshop, like an EastEnders workshop where the producers and the, not maybe not producers, like the casting director came in and they had picked a couple of people to then see. So it was just kind of luck really. Yeah, that's amazing. So, well, so after, I mean, let's talk after EastEnders, because then EastEnders happened for most of your childhood, really, and growing up. Um, you obviously yeah. are also famous to so many people, one of the biggest shows on television that's just finished again, um, for winning the 19th series of I'm a Celebrity. You're in there with people like Roman Kemp, who I love, Ian Wright, K- Caitlin Jenner. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. K- Kate Garraway, Nadine Cord's name. I remember you being so excited by Caitlin Jenner. It was so iconic, I can't even. I was like... Once in a lifetime opportunity, isn't it, basically? Well, do you know what? Like, I'm not going to lie. I've never been, like, compelled to do something like that. I was, like, happy at EastEnders. And it was never a dream, like, oh, let's go into the jungle. But (laughs) when it came to me, I thought, do you know what? Like, I don't know, I did feel like I needed something different, needed to push myself. And I thought... I don't know, for some reason, like, it's come to me a few times and I've always just been like, absolutely not, no, no, no. And then that time I just didn't feel that. I just thought, no, I think it is time to do something like that. And I just done it and then regretted it, like, until it happened. I remember there was about eight months of knowing I was doing it but never speaking about it to anyone because <laughs> in my head I was like, 
I, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to go ahead with this. I, even when I was on the plane on the way to Australia, they take your phone. You have no contact oh with like, anyone. And I was sitting there like, this is a terrible idea. I'm going to waste everyone's time. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm in a first class flight that I've, I've never done first class before all the way to Australia. And I'm going to waste the money. Like, am I going to get charged for this? Because I'm not doing this show. Like, <laughs> everything was going through my head. And then all of a sudden you just do it. And it was the best thing ever. Yeah, it's so, and it's so, I mean it's so amazing to watch. I love it, and I mean I suppose this year, this year out of any year, I think they've actually all gone so well. I mean your year did as well. They, see, they used to want to go for arguments and stuff, and now it doesn't seem like it is like that because it must be. I mean we obviously see. I always think this. We always see an hour or an hour and a half's edited version of twenty four hours. I mean the stuff we see where the trials and stuff. I mean there must have been so much time that you were just sat there, just sat there. Oh, totally. There's a lot of boredom that comes with it. And when you've got people like Caitlyn Jenner and Roman Kemp, Roman Kemp is so chatty and he comes, he's a radio presenter. So he's really good at sort of getting things going and do and starting a conversation. Let's play a game. Let's do this. And so he kept it really entertaining. It was great to have someone like him in there. And then Caitlyn, her stories were literally, you'd be like, tell us another one. Tell us about this. Tell us about that. So we did have a great cast of like interesting people and very different people, all different walks of life. And we enjoyed talking and like hearing everybody's stories and stuff. But yeah, like I napped every day. Cause yeah, oh, I'm you, sure. So many hours of the day that it's just a bit boring. <laughs> and I mean, when you came out, did you, did you, have you stayed in touch with all of them or uh, some of them? Are you still, do you still have a WhatsApp group? We do actually still have the WhatsApp group. And actually, when it was on this year, people started talking in it. But do you know what it's like? If I saw them, I'd be yeah, like, you scream, would say, of course. Yeah. Like, oh, my goodness. But you just don't. Obviously, like, I'm a keep myself to myself kind of person. Like, I've got my friends and I've got my family. And then, and I think most people are like that. So I don't think I made, like, you know, friends that I would talk to every day, but we all shared that amazing experience together. Well, it's like anything, isn't it? Whenever, whenever we do a job, you make friends, but it's like you go on to another job where you make. So it's, it's, it is part totally, and parcel yeah. of the industry, isn't it? Really? It's not being, not being, um, horrible about anything. It's just like, no, you, of you course wouldn't not. Have time yeah. to and then when someone does everyone. something amazing in their work or whatever, we congratulate, you know, if something big happens in life and it's like, you know, you, you congratulate and all stuff like that. But, the chat kind of goes a little bit dead after a while, you know what I mean? And what's it like? I'm really interested. What's it like? Like now we're bit we're doing an interview, we're chatting, you know, for for a podcast. So it's like you know you're. But when you're in something like that, you realise that people do totally kind of forget the cameras are there because you just because that's what I mean. So monitoring what you say is quite hard, isn't it? Well, I'm not sure unless you are like a bad person. I just think you don't need to watch what you say. You don't need to worry, like. They're gonna, people gonna know. I don't know, like, you can only be like your realist self in there. And I think that was a little bit of a worry at first where you think, I can't, as well, I'm quite upfront. I can't really fake it. So I, I remember thinking, if I don't like someone or if this is the case, like, I'm not gonna be able to hide it and then people are gonna hate me because I'll always like voice my opinion or things like that. But actually, in there, like, you can't be anything but yourself, even if you're trying, even if you're trying to put on an act. People will see through it. Like there's been people, not, not, I don't think in my year, but you watch things and you go, that's not real. That's not the real them. They're like really trying to be a nice person there, but you could tell like, then you meet them elsewhere and you're like, "Uh, no, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. People, how do they get so far in, far in life? But ultimately, the, the the winners and the people that do really well, I do just think like they've just got like normal people. Just normal people. That's, and that's what people vote for. And you did get voted. 50... People can relate to, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're always relatable, the winners, I think. That's what I mean. And people and aspirational so. this year's winner. You won, but you got 50.61% of the vote. Andy was a close second, actually, 49.39. So um, um, and obviously it does well for you career-wise afterwards, doesn't it? Uh, by the way, George, but I was going to say, boy, George apparently got half a million this year for doing it. Wow. Um, Crazy. I know that is crazy, isn't it? Who wouldn't do it for half a million? But fr- from it, I suppose, you, the fame went even bigger for you. You know, the winners, again, this doesn't happen all the time with winners. For you, it kind of blew up even more, didn't it? Social media became even bigger for you. And again, yeah. you then got a lot of press attention over things like weight and things like that. Did you get, do you just now, was it a surprise again after I'm a celebrity that it all blew up even more? Because obviously you've been quite quiet since these vendors. Not, not... Not really, because I had 1.6 million followers on Instagram. And obviously, even before EastEnders, there was a lot of like talk about, I don't know, like my relationship and yeah. getting pictures. Oh, that always comes with it. Like it just it is what it is. So I remember thinking and talking to my agent and saying, when I go in here, when I come out, it's going to be like, not necessarily the f- how I'm, I'm going to be more famous. Not Not like that at all, but more just like, the heat's going to be on me, us, this, yeah. a lot more. You can't be stupid and go in there and think that that's not going to happen. Like, they're going to be on you. They're going to want the dirt. They're going to want all of this, like... But to me, I was just like, I've got kids to feed. I want to do this. Like, I don't care now. Yeah, yeah. Like, let them come for me sort of thing. Like, I, And you also fine. use it, though, positively. Like, things like weight you use as a positive message out there. And you're honest about stuff like that, which I think you need younger girls and boys need. Listen, in life, you can't be anything but true and real. And I never, ever signed up to be like, I got EastEnders at 17. I didn't know who I was. Didn't know who I was as a person. I didn't sign up to be like a role model for people. I just didn't. I didn't sign up for that. I make mistakes. I'll say silly things or I'll do something. But that's real. That's me. Like, And that's what every single person in the universe, you know, like, it, it is life. Well, we can't sugarcoat it. We can't complete all the, and that's why I think like stop holding me or any other celebrity by like such high standards. This no, yeah, well, yeah. Else, like who said that that we weren't allowed to make mistakes? Who said that we weren't allowed to learn and grow and all of this? Like it's a huge part of being an, a human being, and it's like the- really annoying because oh. no one signed up for that. No, I think the misconception is everyone wants our celebrities to be these perfect people uh, because they know that life isn't perfect and they almost hold you on this pedestal of being perfect. It's like, well, that's not truthful. Do you know what I mean? It's like it really isn't. And they're just the same as all of us that have, you know, like you and Dan are always in the papers with your... And I can't imagine my relationship being constantly in the paper for the ups and downs we have, which is everybody's relationships and marriages and i mean it must put such strain on you that it must you know like do you just have to with dan like to go right we're just turning off i mean do you just not read the papers how do you deal with it well a lot of the time like you get them sent and stuff and to be honest i'll be totally honest with you sometimes i'll look and be like what like how did they get that i'm from like this source said that or this source said this and you know, like one margin part of it is true, like a fact of, oh, we were in the Maldives. The reason for it and the extra yeah, parts yeah. are lies. Like, that's a lie. It's not a make or break holiday. Are you insane? This is a holiday that my 
husband has been saving up for, like most people would have to save up for, saving up to treat me on my 30th birthday for like over a year, saving up to try and take me there. And then it gets turned into a make or break. Who has that sort of money to just go, right, oh, yeah, five, yeah, yeah. five, we're struggling, I'm going to wish you off. Yeah. Like, it's not real life. Like, use your brains. And then you do just have to go, do you know what? I think most like, people you, see through that. I do think most people see through anyone with they, a head, they yeah, really, with a good they brain. They really do. Yeah. And, and that's what's the blessing of social media is you can put your truth out. And, yes, this and is the, the blessing. Is just, for, yeah. The rest of it is just, you know, like, it, it really is just back away. It's just ink. It's just, it's just nothing. And it, well, it really is what they used to say. It's, it's fish and chip paper. And it really is because it, it is got, that. it is out there one day and gone the next. Do you know what I mean? It's like, time it, where it, it would bother me. They were, but it, it, it doesn't anymore. I just think I'm too grown and too old now to just go like, you have to let it brush Why do off I you. Care Otherwise what's... it'll cause you problems. Cause social media, you saying that is great. I think social media, like you said, is a blessing now for people to be able to go call out journalists, call out whoever, um also yeah. that the other side to that is obviously people keyboard warriors at home have a voice but i suppose you just take that like you do with the press you just go i mean i think ignore 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 the minute you start retaliating with anyone you're giving it you're giving them a voice really definitely the only time i've really respond to things if someone mentions my kids my back goes up and i have to just call them something up yeah. like the words just come and my hands just type and I just <laughs> yeah, have to respond. Yeah. I think that's but, like any mum would be. That's a natural response. Exactly. But apart from that now, like I used to like like Google myself. Day when I was on EastEnders, this is this started. So it more started on my acting skills. I used to like read. Oh no! And, what were you doing? Every day I used to do it as like a oh, for it's myself. Like, it's like bullying yourself, isn't it? Basically, day. yeah, literally opening the doors to just yeah. untold amount of hate. It's just yeah. crazy. Like no, no normal human being that isn't in this public eye would ever understand the kind of hate that you see when you open them doors. And like once you both open them, it's so hard it's to hard shut. To stop. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It really is. But then you know, I had counselling. With EastEnders working for the BBC was really lucky in a lot of ways as well because they did really look after you. You had counselling whenever you needed. So I, I took advantage of that. I used it all the time and that really, really helped me put things in boxes and put me put things into perspective for me and like who I, whose opinion I really care about and value and stuff like that. So then it, then it got easier. But when, then when it becomes about like, your personal life and who you are as a person, when you think, no, 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 that's not fair because you don't know me. You, you, your back goes I know, up. That's and the thing because your initial no, 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 resp- That's not true. You're judging that on that piece of information, but that piece of information is true, is, isn't true and you're lying. So then you're calling me this, but this is, and you care and you go, hold on a minute. Why do I care? Why, Why do I do care? I Why care? am I doing this? I think you care because we all have a perception about ourselves that you want to be liked. And I, like I see it, like your instant thing is like, well, well, I want to go out there and tell the world that actually that didn't happen or whatever. And actually, I think we're learning that keeping quiet is the best because Definitely. actually most people with any sense of a brain knows that what these papers publish a lot of the time is absolute rubbish. Do you know what I mean? So There are so many times in these 11 years that I I have had to just be quiet and there's so many times I could have said so much, but I actually now, being a mum and being a being an adult now, I'm so glad that I, I was because... I was, yeah. Because otherwise you just ended in... You've entered into kind of some brawl, like some schoolyard brawl. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And you're right. The best thing to do is to stay 
stay above them. Stay above them. And that's and I've got I've got such an amazing group of like the people that follow me on Instagram. Honestly, I would say like 99% of them are like fabulous, beautiful people. Like they're so funny. And I feel like they really get my personality. They know who I am. Like my DMs are flooded with people with great, great humor that find the funny side of all of this now. And they'll message me like, oh, da, 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 and they'll come up with things. And I'm like, this is just brilliant. What an amazing that relationship was built over yeah. in, uh, over like 10 years of it now. We've well, and that kind of proves that most of the public out there are brilliant people. Do you know what I mean? Rather than the few. 100%. That will get, as I've sad. always said, you'll, not... you'll always remember one bad thing over like 100 negative things. I mean, no, yeah, over but, 100 positive things. It'll always be the one bad yes. thing that'll stick in your brain. It's like, no, stop thinking like that. But we must change that. And I think that is just through, through growth. And I... On the plane on the way back from a, a a family holiday, I was listening to a podcast actually, and then it said that you have to give yourself like a pros and cons list and like really analyze yourself as who you are. Like you're good, you're you're bad, everything about it. And I'd done it the other day, and I was like, I could think of so many more cons than pros. And I was like, that's really bad. That's something I need to work on too. Like. I'm negative about myself, but like, I'll be positive about other people. So, like, I just think it's always you've got to like internally look look within constantly, especially if something if someone that is affecting you that you don't that you don't even know them, but what they're saying is affecting you. There's a reason what what they're saying is affecting you. You got to look within yourself. Oh, what the reason you, is can, so true. Such can you do, can you across. do better? Can you? Is there something there that there's a lesson in this, and you can do better at, or you? you can work around with the people around you to do better at. So like it, it is what it do. is. Man. My thing has always been, you should always learn a lesson from anything bad in life, or you should always see a positive in everything as well. So I think you always do. Yeah, definitely. That 100%. helps you move on. God, we've got very, we've got very deep and down at so the end deep, here. So, um, completely <laughs> so what, do, what is next for you? I mean, you probably don't know. Do you, would you like to do some more TV drama? I mean, you've said going back to EastEnders, it was your heart, you know, would you love to explore more acting roles? I think I would. Yeah. I think I would like to do a little bit more TV. Um, I would like to do like a musical of some sort, but oh yeah, I don't know really, and that's what's really fun about it. I'm I'm spending so much time with my kids, and I'm working on my in the style and stuff like that, which is so fun and taking up a lot of my time. But since going yeah, back to your, centers, that, that's your clothing that. range, isn't it? Yes, yes. And I had is... that little fire in my belly again. Like mm, there is that part of me that isn't fulfilled anymore, like that creative side. That, and again, that, you know, you. I think we all know when that comes. I just feel it's time to move on. Do you know what I mean, you. I think you always trust your instincts definitely. when you get a little fire, and you're like, right, yeah, let's do something about it. Hundred percent. And so I don't really know at the moment, to be honest. But it's quite refreshing because I'm not putting that pressure on myself anymore. Yeah, yeah. Just see what and everything happens for a reason. Get Benacle and just go straight to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think I'm cut out for Hollywood. <laughs> no. Oh God, I couldn't do Hollywood. Uh, right. We're going to end <laughs> with a with a uh, multiple choice round. So this is a quick fire. You've got to choose one or the other. Here we go. Salty or sweet? Sweet. Cabbage or rhubarb? What a choice. Oh, uh, cabbage. Uh, Danny or Kylie? Oh, uh, Kylie. Mick or Alfie? Oh, that's out of order. Uh, <laughs> Alfie. Cat, so this is even more out of order. Cat or Whitney? But then relationship-wise. Uh, Whitney. Yeah, Emmerdale or Corrie? Oof. Emmerdale. The Jungle or a Spa? 
<laughs> the jungle. Uh, kangaroo penis or a sheep's eye? <laughs> kangaroo penis. Or... Uh, yeah, eyes, eyes. It's the popping, isn't it? Ooh, um, burger <laughs> or chips? Burger. Night in or night out? Night in. Yeah, so I think people past 25 now are saying nothing. Uh, Twitter or Instagram? <laughs> uh, Instagram. And, oh, ending on the toughest one of all, Max or Tanya? <gasps> oh, my God. I can't answer that. I no, I knew one. you wouldn't. You can have both. That's the only one you can <laughs> I'll have, have both. both. Well, listen, <laughs> good luck for whatever you're going to do. You're going to smash it, whatever happens, because you are one of the nicest people in the business. And thank you for coming on Soap from the Box. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely to catch up. It's been so lovely to catch up. Speak to you soon. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much to Jacqueline Josser for joining me for a brand new episode of Soap from the Box. Remember, there are over 80 episodes to listen to right now. I can't quite believe it. Your biggest stars from the biggest TV shows, not just in the UK, Australia, Home and Away Neighbours, plus America, Kaleidoscope, the massive Netflix hit. You can listen to the cast talking to me. Coming later this week, Pop from the Box, the spin-off show is back with Sophie Ellis-Bexter and I'll be asking her all about Eurovision and all about that Glastonbury performance that wasn't on television controversial. Join me, have a good week, see you Friday. Friday. 